Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight. I'm here today with Amanda Kahn Freed, who usually works at City Hall in the San Francisco Treasurer's Office. But now she's on sabbatical with her family in Milan, Italy. It was supposed to be a dream trip, but Italy has turned into a center of the coronavirus outbreak, and the entire country is on lockdown. Fried is talking today about what it's like to be holed up at home all day, every day, and her stark warnings for what San Francisco residents should expect in the weeks ahead. Overnight, Italy saw a 31% rise in coronavirus deaths, bringing the total in that country to 827. More than 12,000 Italians have been diagnosed with the disease. Here's Amanda Kahn-Fried calling in from Italy. Well, thanks for agreeing to talk to us. No problem. I have Um, a lot of time on my hands at the moment. (laughs) I know you do. So uh, for listeners who do not know you, please um, tell me how... Um, what you do at City Hall when you're not uh, traveling abroad in Italy. Sure. So I'm Amanda Kahn-Fried. I am on sabbatical right now, but in my real life, I work in the San Francisco Treasurer's Office doing policy and communications. Right. That's how we met. And I was very jealous when you were telling me about how this trip was supposed to go. So um, tell me about the idea to move your family to Italy, how long and where you are and, and what the idea was. Sure. So um, this is something my husband and I have talked about for uh, as long as we can remember, um, that when we had a family someday, we were going to move abroad for some period of time. Uh, Italy made a lot of sense because his family is Italian. So he has a number of cousins here in Milan. Um, his mom is Italian and he and the girl, my girls are actually all Italian citizens. Cool. And when did you leave and when are you coming back? Um, we left on January 1st. And the plan was to come back at the beginning of August. And let's fingers crossed that that's still the plan. And you and your husband are not working, but your girls have been going to school. Is that correct? Yes. We enrolled them in a a bilingual school here in Milan. Um, The school meets half the day in Italian and half the day in English. Uh, But it's really not an international school. They are some of the only students who are in Italian. And how was your trip going in the beginning? I was pretty jealous following you on Instagram. <laughs> um, yes, it's it, it's been amazing. Um, we got settled pretty quickly. The city is amazing. Um, we started to meet people. We've traveled a ton um, around Italy, taken you know short day trips, and um, you know we're so close to so many things here. So it's, you know, we can pop up to Lake Como for the day or go skiing in the Alps. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's definitely dreamlike until it isn't. <laughs> and that's what brings us here today. Um, so Italy, of course, has become a hot spot for the coronavirus. When did you first start hearing about it? Um, you know, living over there, what was the news like in the beginning? So, I mean, the first time, obviously, I heard, you know, the the sort of global news coming out of China. Um, I wasn't following it very closely. And then I have a friend who she and her family live in Hong Kong, but they're American. Um, and their chi- their children's school has been closed for a long period of time. And they've actually come to Italy for a lot of it. Um, so we heard a little bit about their experience homeschooling, had a lot of jokes about, you know, how terrible that would be. And then we were 
traveling. Um, we were in Florence and Tuscany for the kids had a vacation from school and um, things started to really pick up in Milan. Um, and it, it definitely started with, you know, a lot of worried calls from our parents and, you know, some of our friends. And to be honest, it, it seemed, you know, a little bit overblown in the beginning. I think, you know, we were looking at it and we heard all the same things everyone in the Bay Area is hearing. Um, it doesn't really affect the young. It's just like the flu, you know, just be careful, wash your hands, um, you know, get hand sanitizer. You don't have to wear a mask, all of those things. And, you know, here we are on our semi-permanent vacation state thinking, all right, like this will be fine. We'll just keep traveling if school gets closed. So, you know, sure enough, they announced school is going to be closed and for a week. And it seemed at the time like, oh my gosh, how are we ever going to make it through this week? Um, and then I think things really started to feel real for us over this past weekend. Um, we we had planned to go to Sicily on Sunday, this past Sunday to visit family and kind of pass the time without school. And Saturday night, in the middle of the night, the Italian government shut down um, the state that we're living in, Lombardia, um, to travel. And it was leaked. Um, so the first information that we got was really, really confusing. And I'll say that's sort of a central theme in this is that, um, Heather, you know, I'm, I'm quite a news junkie. <laughs> it's, it's part of my job. It's, I, I read a lot of news all the time. Um, but reading the news in Italian is, is quite a challenge. I'm a beginner and Google Translate only goes so far. So, um, you know, we were relying on friends and family to help us understand what it meant. And, and no one could really understand it at the time. And then it, it became more clear the next day as the actual official order came out. Um, and I think that moment where we realized like, oh, like vacation over, we can't go anywhere. Um, and we don't really know what's going to happen, changed our perspective very, very quickly. And, um, you know, then we sort of had to, to make a very quick call about whether or not we were going to go home to the States or not. How did you make that decision? Um, we weighed a lot of things. Um, you know, I think as scary as things are in Italy, we are here, there is universal health care. Um, in general, this is a society that takes care of people. And it felt like, even though it was terrifying what was happening, you know, we feel generally like we're in good hands here. Um, and then, and also that looking at the rates of transmission in China and elsewhere, that this, what, what the Italian government was doing was the right move and would help and that this wouldn't be forever. And so, um, you know, the, my biggest fear is that you guys back home are going to experience the same thing very shortly um, and be caught off guard just like we were. Um, and I couldn't imagine, you know, sort of yanking my kids out of their life here, even though it's been disrupted, um, to go home and self-quarantine and, and then do it all again when, when this hit the Bay Area. Right. So we hear that Italy is on lockdown. What does that mean exactly? What are the rules about what you are allowed or not allowed to do? 
So it's changing every second. Um, in the last 20 minutes, the prime minister just gave a live address to the country. Um, again, forgive me, I, I might not get this all right because my Italian isn't fantastic. But um, as of now, he ordered all shops and restaurants and businesses to close throughout the country. So until today, it's been this really interesting mix where it's the clear messaging coming from everywhere is stay in your house. There's a there's a hashtag. Um, all sorts of Italian celebrities are, are sort of pushing this notion of stay inside and you know only leave unless you absolutely have to to get food or go to the pharmacy or something like that. Um, that said, you know you can definitely. I'm sorry. Are grocery stores and pharmacies open like normal? So everything pretty much has been open, which has been kind of surreal. You, you're you're allowed to go outside and take walks, and fresh air is fine. And and you know I wouldn't say encouraged to go outside, but there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with taking a walk as long as you stay away from other people. Um, and you'll see, like restaurants are open; they're pretty much empty. Um, a lot of stores have started to close, but that's just you know every day there's more closed than the day before. But at, you know I think. Tomorrow is is a whole new ball game again, where where pretty much everything's going to be closed except for, you know, places to buy food and medicine. Okay, and then there's no flights at all. Is that right? No, there are flights, um, which is fascinating. So Milan has two major airports, and they they consolidated. So there's only one airport operating. Um, flights are coming into and leaving from Lanate, which is. Um, which is kind of amazing. You have to, you have to say why you have to be on the flight. So you have to, sh- you know, show that there's some sort of emergency um, or that there's something urgent with your work. Um, and Italians are notorious for a lot of bureaucracy, and I and I have uh, seriously newfound respect for how bureaucratic a place can be. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of amazing. Compared to so, huh? Uh, it, it makes San Francisco look like, I don't even know. I mean, like the most well-run place in the world um, in some ways. So so there's literally a form that you have to fill out if you get stopped to say like why you have to be traveling in that moment, um, which, you know, it, it would be funny, except it's not funny. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so. So, yes, there are. My understanding is there are still flights and trains, um, but obviously very, very reduced. I don't, I don't know that who is flying anywhere right now. Mm-hmm. So is your family staying inside? Yeah, for exactly? example, if we wanted to go, if we wanted to go home right now, like if we wanted to get a flight to the States, we could. Um, we would have to fly through Rome, but there are still international flights through Rome. I'll be back with Amanda kahn to hear what it's like to live under lockdown. I'm back with Amanda kahn and so what is your day-to-day like now under this lockdown? Um, so the kids have school. Um, the school has mobilized really quickly and kind of put forward this digital learning platform. Um, so they, my kids are seven and 10. Um, and they're the, the, you know, the way that they do school is a little different based on their ages. The um, But each of them have two to four virtual Zoom meetings with their teachers and their classes. Um, So every day they meet with their Italian teacher and with their English teacher separately. And then they also continue to have 
an art class and a theater class and, you know, whatever other kind of specials, library, physical education, um, they, they still have those throughout the week. So they, they do have some structure, um, which is amazing and very welcome. I feel very, very fortunate for that. Um, they have they have some work to do in between, especially the 10 year olds. Uh, they're big on homework here, so they definitely have homework. Um, and then when school's done for them um, or sort of in between their lessons, we do a lot of like hanging out in the house. Um, my husband was able to get today a bunch of musical instruments. So we're going to we're all going to sort of be like the Von Trapps when this is over. Um, we have we now have a keyboard, a guitar, a violin and a ukulele. So um, wow. they do. yeah, uh, <laughs> and, you have to do a know, performance when you get home. Well, yeah, uh, it should be interesting. So then we also have a, um, a, a, you know, big puzzle going. We play a lot of Uno, all those things. And of course, like, thank God for San Francisco Public Library. Uh, we've been able to download a whole lot of stuff still. So that's been super helpful. And is it helpful that you and your husband are not working right now? Because if you were supposed to be working all day from home and entertaining your kids, it might be hard. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I will say, obviously, logistically, it makes it much, much easier. It's really strange to go from being, you know, two people who typically work a lot and think a lot about work on our off time to then even when we were on sabbatical, we were very busy. You know, we were like sort of out and about and we had a lot of purpose in our day. And so the lack of anything to accomplish is... um it, it, it's really, it's fascinating. Like it's, you know, it, I, I haven't experienced this in a really long time that I can remember. So, um, you know, so we're trying to find ways just to, to bring some structure to, to our lives as well. Now that the kids are sort of into their routine. Are you pretty bored? Not yet. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that is sort of happy at home for long periods of time. Um, my friends have been great. I get a lot of calls throughout the day from people at home, um, hearing, you know, hearing from the, the strangest people that I haven't heard from in like 30 years, but it's great. <laughs> um, so I, I wouldn't say I'm bored yet. It's, it's, there's still so much anxiety about what's to come that, um, you know, I haven't gotten to the point where I can sort of just relax and zone out. And how long is this lockdown going to last? Or do you have any idea? No idea. I mean, I think we right now it's called for, I think, April 2nd. Um, that seems very optimistic. Uh, but there was some good news today in, in one of the small, smaller cities um, that was the first the first hit in Italy, the first real outbreak. Um, they're starting to finally see transmission go go down in a big way. And so you know, we're definitely, we haven't hit the peak yet. Everyone's very clear that the numbers are still going to go up. There was a pretty jarring increase today in, in the number of deaths. Um, so we're, we're not out of the woods and, and we're not anywhere close to being able to say how much longer we have. Mm -hmm. So assuming Italy is a few weeks ahead of um, the U.S. in terms of this outbreak, what do you want to warn listeners here in the Bay Area to expect and any advice you have for them? Yeah, I mean, the this is really hard to say. I'm sure. I'm sure folks listening who know me are going to be um, somewhat upset by this. I think, and and Heather, I saw your social media today. Um, I, I really think people have to stop thinking about this as an economic crisis. Mm -hmm. 
life or death. So we went through the exact same thing here in Italy. There was a campaign to, you know, go go to your neighborhood restaurants, go to your neighborhood stores. Listen, they're all like, this is going to be catastrophic. This is going to this is going to hurt the global economy. No one knows what this is going to look like. Um, but what you do this week in terms of helping your local stores is really not going to matter um, when everything is shut down and nobody can go to work. Um, so I, I think that's my, I hate to be the, the sort of harbinger of bad news or whatever that um, expression is, but I really, I think, I think those efforts, I, I understand them. I did them myself. It's time to take big steps. I think, you know, I saw the mayor's announcement today about events, you know, capping events at, at what was it? A thousand people. Um, that's way too big. I mean, it's, the only thing people can do right now, the only thing you can do right now is is to stay at home and um, stay out of the way. So don't don't make this problem worse. And um, and the rest, I mean, gosh, I, I don't I truly don't know how anyone's going to get through this or get out of this from an economic perspective. But I don't I, that can't be the focus right now. You think it's all about health right now and that everyone in the Bay Area who can should be staying home? Yes. And I think, I think that given the Trump administration and, you know, the expectation that there will be no help, the Bay Area needs to lead the way and take care of its own. So, you know, find ways to get money into the hands of people who can't afford food, um, you know, figure out how to make sure homeless people have access to running water and soap and, you know, can, be safe in this environment, you know, really start to, to take care of people. And, um, and, and I think it's going to take some real bold action by local politicians. Someone has to be the first one to say, like, I, I cannot talk about the business impact right now. Um, and that's a really hard thing to say. Those are real people. Those are lives. I get it. Um, but there's something much bigger right now than, than the health of our commercial corridors. Right. Anything else you want to add for listeners? No, I don't think so. Stay safe. Take it seriously. Um, you know, read the science. It's it's right in your face. And um, yeah, do your best. Great. Well, best of luck to you as well. And I appreciate you taking our call all the way in Italy. Thank you. Thank you to Amanda Confried for joining me today, to King Kaufman and Erica Carlos for producing this episode, and to you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief, and Dominic Fercasa is this podcast's producer. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Have questions or tips? Email hnight at sfchronicle.com or find me on Twitter at hnightsf. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.